0: From Rule 62 Studios in Bossier City, Louisiana, this is The Grouch and the Brainstorm. And episode 20. We are recording episode 20. I got Matt with me today. What's up? And I got Jill. Hey, hey. And we are grouching and brainstorming away today. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and bust out into some... uh, some congratulations for uh, our listeners, Larry and Judy. They were married yesterday. Um, I haven't seen any pictures. I'm guessing they were married yesterday. they Nobody were supposed objected
1: to be ejected or anything.
0: Well, I couldn't make it down there <laughs> to be the one person to raise their hand whenever they ask if anybody's got anything to say about this. So, um, you know, no, actually, uh, very happy for that couple, and um, I know everything is going to work out just the way it's supposed to work out for them. Um And then uh, right before the show we were talking, uh, we have, uh, I gotta, I gotta just gotta pull it up here real quick, but we have um, another country added to our listeners. So right now, we're heard in the United Kingdom, Taiwan, Ireland, Bulgaria, Australia, Denmark, Saudi Arabia, Canada, and the United Arab Emirates, the UAE. And uh, Bulgaria is actually the newest one. So, uh, guys, area code 985-377-4816. Call and leave us a voicemail, especially if you're in one of these other countries. It doesn't matter if we can understand it. We are going to play it. <laughs> we'll gonna. make Mike translate it. You know? And then our email address is g and b bosier B-O-S-S-I-E-R, at gmail.com. And uh, thank you, Miss Faye, for telling me that. I needed to spell it out. And I've been saying the email address for wrong forever. And so it is G as in grouch, and as in and, B as in brainstorm, Bozier, B O S S I E R, at gmail.com. And uh, recently got one from, uh, from old Jane. She sent us one uh, earlier in the week and said she's addicted to the show. Okay, so, Jane. And, you know, out of all the things we can be addicted to, hey, man, be addicted to the show. How about that? That's what's up. I'm kind of addicted to it myself, you know. Um, Tonight's episode, we're going to pack a lot into this next hour of recording. Um, As I mentioned in the intro, we are in a new studio. This is the uh, Rule 62 studio in Boger City, Louisiana. We recently moved, because I recently moved. And so we had to have a centralized location to store our equipment. And, um, it takes a little bit to go into a podcast that we're not normally used to. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, centralized it. We got everything here. I recently relocated to, uh, Burleson, Texas. So, um, I make the commute over and we do a little recording and then I take all of the information back and I edit it and I publish it. And, um, and, I, and provided nothing goes majorly wrong on this episode, we we'll am publish it right whenever I finish. And um, so our listeners will have an episode. And then there's a bonus episode going to be out hopefully tomorrow. Um, I The guy who gave it, I don't remember his name, but uh, very interesting story he has to tell. Um, actually, it's me. It's me. Which takes us right into the topic. I was going to
1: tell you, I knew who it Let's was talk if you needed about me, me to <laughs> let you know.
0: We are going right into the topic, and the topic is humility. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm no expert in humility. I do know it has a definition. And by Google's version, what
1: do you have, Matt? I have a modest or low view of one's own importance, humbleness.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So. What do you got, Jill? Anything on humility as far as what it means? What do you think it means?
2: Absence of ego.
0: Absence of ego. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I'm, hers might be better than Google's.
1: Yeah, I think it usually is.
0: Would
2: you? <laughs> Stop. So
0: I'm going to read. I'm going to read. I got to do it, man. This is actually from step five in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, Another great dividend we may expect from confiding our defects to another human being is humility, a word often misunderstood. To those who have made progress in AA, it amounts to a clear recognition of what and who we really are, followed by a sincere attempt to become what we could be. Y'all ever heard that before? No. That is the AA definition of humility. If you Google humility a A, that pops up. So, um, and that's all we have on humility. <laughs> no, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. It is. Um, I, I will tell you this: it is often misunderstood. It is often confused with humiliated, um, or humiliating, or being humiliated, or you know, having that process in life that that you know where someone has uh, gotcha. You know, kind of, and that is, that is not what humility is. I think, uh, for myself anyway, it is a ability to say, I don't know. I just, I, uh, you know, the, the I don't know. For years, I struggled with, with um, alcohol. King alcohol is what we call it in AA. John Barleycorn, for short. But I struggled with, with alcohol, and every single time, I thought I could fix the problem. I thought there was something that I could do this broke mind could do to jump in and solve my alcohol problem and nothing could have been more far far from the truth right um it could it took coming one I, i i have a huge ego um have a big pride problem and um and none of that in in my mind played a played a real big role in not wanting to come to aa i really was just scared to come to aa i I knew i had to go i knew i needed to go um but i did not just i didn't want to go i just didn't want to do it i didn't want to be around people i didn't want to listen to people tell me how they got well and how i could get well all i got to do is take a few simple steps and
2: but in all honesty who does (laughs) well true i wasn't terribly excited about this uh you know new chapter of my life and
0: ego deflating as well
2: exactly
0: And and I like the way you said that, new chapter, you know. I mean, I think it takes a degree of humility to enter a new chapter.
2: It really does. Maybe a certain level of beat down.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what I was fixing to say. Some of us have to be literally beaten within an inch of our life to, to acquire that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's the only step. There's nowhere else. (laughs) Exactly. That's all you have.
1: Mike was talking about uh, in an earlier thing about going to treatment and a guy in the program, you know, he kind of him connecting with the guy and, and able to go forward. And that's kind of where it started with me was the counselor I had um, was one of us. And I came in and said, "Well, you know, we'll do this, we'll do that. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give directions at this treatment center. You know, of what's." And she said, "Let's let's go down a list here and made a list of all my accomplishments so far that had wound me up in there." And uh, I went, "Hmm, maybe I don't have this figured out." And uh, you know, went from there. But uh, yeah, it's sometimes it uh, the beat down is is got to be severe enough for us to acquire it.
2: Yeah, one way out.
1: Yeah.
0: Humility, you know, whether it's acquired by a beatdown or I, I think for, for most people, I guess with my personality, um, that is required. You know, you have to have enough uh, pain in order to make a change. But I like to be an expert on everything, you know. Even if I don't know anything about anything, I like to be an expert on everything. And so I, I don't know anything about being sober just period i walk into the rooms of AA and all i know is what i've learned in treatment centers um and that obviously didn't do me no good because i kept going back over and over again not that anything against the treatment center i didn't have enough humility to just sit and listen mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so humility is actually it it has to be um you have to have it to some degree you know, every step in, in, the, in the recovery process is, is ego deflating, but at some point you have to have enough humility to, uh, to realize it and, and you don't need credit for everything, right? Yeah, you, sure. <laughs> sure. you can, you can be perfectly okay. You can stop on the side of the road, help somebody fix a tire, right? I mean i don't care if your knuckles are busted you fell. you hit the ground somebody drove by and a pebble popped you in the back of the head and you're bleeding you don't have to walk into the AA and go yeah i changed somebody's tired today you know you just don't have to do it the point is that person got what they needed in order to survive you know and being able to do that without recognition is also another another d- degree of uh humility step two tells us true humility and an open mind can lead us to faith and every AA meeting is an assurance that God's will, God's will restore us to sanity if we rightly relate ourselves to Him. So no matter what your version of a higher power is, I think that um, in most faiths, the higher power had a, a great degree of humility. Just, um, you know, I, I don't think that I'm going to do anything on this earth that they're still going to be talking about in 2,000 years by no means, but I think that um, there was a, a level of humility in, in all of the faiths that I've studied from their, um, from where it originated. There was a level of humility. So imagine I walk into a room and I say, hey, I don't know anything. I need you. i got to have your help, right? I need you to help me. And people do. And then I take that knowledge that I learned— and then I get to pass it on to another person and I don't have to talk about who I'm passing it on to or even if they got it, you know, because there's a level of humility. If we talk about honesty and how many of the people we've helped over the years that actually got it, you know, and, and that's it's a small percentage.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: and and uh, this this weekend this, talking about humility has just been for me, um, had a guy go back out after about eight months and so been dealing with him almost on an hourly basis for the last few days and going back through that process and listening to the, <laughs> the hot mess that I was, I mean, everything he's saying was me, you know, and it's like, I needed all that, you know, and it's just so grounding to go, Oh man, like, Oh, I, and it, it was great. Uh, you know, and, and we're trying to get him some help and, and do all that stuff. But, um, and then to listen to him, the lack of humility, the lack of, it's everyone else's fault. I don't have a problem. It's blah, 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 blah. All the things that I said when I came in here, he's saying, and I'm. it's just like a broken record. And I'm like, we all do this. That's what hit me is we all in this program, we do it coming in. We all, for the most part, act that way. And then somebody helps us along a little bit and they're listening and it's just a, revolving deal you know and uh it was really good for me to to be involved with that and still am when i leave here as a matter of fact so but um yeah but yeah i mean there go i and ha- have gone and uh you know so
0: well how many of us you know are in anything um uh, like matt let's just you know you're in a you're in the business of cutting grass mm-hmm you know how many times have you been able to solve a problem by knowing everything? Probably none. You know, I'm I'm in a retail business myself, and generally the problem's not going to get solved until I say I don't know how to solve it. Let me mm-hmm. pick up whatever tools I have and call somebody, and and reach out and get some help. Mm-hmm. And that's that's with anything. Your family, man. When I'm when I when, let's just you you know. I don't know about anybody else, but when when my kids were born, I did not get an instruction manual. Yeah. You know, this is how to I raise a kid, right? And so, how many times did, did I wing it? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And look at how they turned out. <laughs> I mean, no, for real. Like, there's times where I had to pick up the phone, and call my mom. Hey, look, you know, we got a you know stage three fever over here. What do we do about it? You know. You know, Michael, have you been washing your hands after you go to the bathroom? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it took a lot for me to get to you know, COVID actually started me doing that. But um <laughs> chills over here like I'm serious. That was like two <laughs> years ago, <laughs> Yeah, I stopped brushing my teeth, started washing my hands. That's crazy. I mean COVID you
1: gotta you gotta have you know, you gotta pick something, but uh you know but and two it just today realizing you know, the, the level of my own importance and everything, I'm just not that important, you know, I'm just not. And I'm not the end all be all of anything, whether it's my job, my family, um, or anything else. I screw stuff up just like other people do. Everybody does that. And, uh, when you can sit back and look at that and go, you know, I'm, I do the best I can every day. Sometimes I'm okay. Sometimes I'm not. And, um, but it but it takes that that um I don't know the I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it just kinda takes that pressure off to go, it's gonna be okay. You know, if I make a mistake, I just make a mistake, I try to fix it and, and move on and um I realize that I'm not the perfect man, you know, walking the earth. So um it's okay to do that.
2: Yeah. For me I think it was less of that because I didn't really think too much of myself, but it was, I thought I knew, I thought I knew something. And, uh, it just kind of proved that I, I literally knew nothing and having to like shut my mouth and, you know, learn about myself and learn about the world and how things really work. Cause I was in a completely deluded, state for so long entitled and selfish that I just wasn't living the right way. And I just thought that's the way you were supposed to live. And so for me, it was it was shutting up and learning something new. I mean, because everything that I thought I knew was wrong, literally. Uh, and, And that to me was was incredibly scary, because like, how else are you supposed to do it? Even yeah. if you're a train wreck and yeah. things are going horribly wrong, like I don't understand what I'm supposed to do then. Yeah, and, I get it.
0: I get it 100%. Yeah. Humility is um yes, yeah, one of the key things. It's kind of like willingness, you know, you got to have enough humility to uh you know, well, let's just go back to um step 5. Right? It even says in the chapter 6 into action in a big book. Um, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty, and in the sense we find it necessary, until they told someone else their life story, right? So it takes a lot of humility, you know, and we've already talked about step five. You know, we, we've, we've done that. Um, and where we're going with this is, is to step six and seven, you know, because humbly... Asking God to remove my character defects is a little bit different than asking God to remove my character defects. There's a difference, okay? I mean it Yeah. when I'm humbly asking him to remove my character
2: Isn't defects. that strange? Because I don't think there's any other point in my life before then that I was like, oh, please, please take this away from me. I mean, it was like begging. Like, I really don't want this selfishness and dishonesty and resentment and fear and all of this. I've never wanted it so bad in my life.
0: But when you ha- when you humbly do it, it seems to work. Yeah. It's just it's it's totally um out of the norm to just, you know, ask for something and get it. But when you humbly ask for something from a higher power, at least for me anyway, um he, he delivered, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I go back to June 21st, 2011, man, I'm laying on that bed and, and I'd asked God to help me a bunch. And looking back, he did because I ended up on that bed on June 21st, 2011. But I had never meant anything in my entire life. Like I, I guess in inside I had given up.
2: I think that's what it takes. I, Ultimate like surrender. Surrender.
0: Yeah. I, I had completely given up on the fact that I'm gonna be the one that gets me better. I, I just there's no way, you know. So I humbly asked him to uh help me and, and and he did. And and um, you know, it, it that I don't know. Uh Bill writes in his story, belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. And so what's he talking about when we say the new order of things? Well, a new way of living. So in order for me to have this new way of living, I've got to have willingness, we've already talked about, honesty, I think we talked about, maybe not, um, and humility. And we have talked about honesty in one of our episodes. So uh, it is um, definitely a... uh, definitely a a changing thing whenever you uh do do things humbly and um i I can't for the life of me think of uh, a better way to do it so when i look at um let's see in the personal stories it is a striking thought that god never forces anyone to do his will that his help is ever available but has to be sought in all earnestness and humility. Well, that's pretty cool, ain't it? Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's the three things in the big book that where it mentions humility. So uh I'm gonna go to the twelve and twelve. We're gonna look at the twelve and twelve, what y'all think?
2: Let's do it. And Let's I look. think
1: too what help me in the program while you're going through that is to to encourage me along is that I've encountered people further down the journey than me. And that's what always got me was the humility of people sharing and people talking with me after a meeting or before a meeting. And, you know, they're, they're so well put together and they've, they've gotten sober and they've done well. And then you hear what, and they're just so matter of fact and they're like, yeah, you know, did whatever. And, and you go, Oh my God. And it's no, it's just such a lack of ego, or self importance that they're they're you know, they don't have their self up on a pedestal by any means. And you know, in in out the world outside of Alcoholics Anonymous, most people that that's what they do, you know, and uh it's all about me. That's what you hear and, and see on a daily basis. And um it was just so refreshing to to be around that and not know what was what was going on. Uh and I had to figure out where they you know, where they got that. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm glad to be a part of it today.
0: Well, you know, I've seen a lot of people go through tragedies in, uh, in AA. And, um, you know, I don't know whether to call it uh, humility, but I think there's a, a certain degree of humility that pops in there whenever you come to an AA meeting after a tragedy because you know better like there's nothing else that i can possibly do so um what you think i mean i think uh I, that's just one example of the of the humility that i've seen in the rooms of aa
1: yeah yeah uh i mean and and yeah i'm i'm not gonna go too wild with the story but but my sponsor had one earlier this year you know and to to be there uh he set his butt in the chair that day and i mean it was it was on the day of that oh and, yeah and uh you know um when you see people walking the walk you know um that that just kind of it was something for everybody in that room to see you know it helped everybody in that room and and uh he knew where he needed to go and what he needed to do um that day and in that moment so um and there's a lot of that stuff in there you know
2: like that um- know because it shows the newcomer and everybody else like this is this is how you do it
1: joe Joe and phil eight million years of sobriety i hope uh, mr phil's listening he's he's not at our group anymore he moved but um i I, when i got there I, i mean and literally between them probably 80 years of sobriety maybe close to that and yeah, that's about right and i'm yeah and i'm i'm sitting in there and i'm going i got like you know an hour or whatever i had of sobriety at the time and i'm like man why are they why are they coming in here you know and um but to meet those guys and to realize how down to earth they were and just the whole deal um and and humility you know very humble um um and and great guys and just very encouraging. But it but what it gave me a deal of well if they're if they've been in here that long and they're still coming steady to meetings, then I don't have an excuse not to go. And it was a great example to me of what I'm supposed to do, along with a lot of other people in there. But um uh I, I would see people have their seven I had a there was a lady there that had her seven year birthday about a week after I got to the club. And I remember thinking, that's cool. She came in and she had cake and all that stuff. And I was like, man, that's that's cool. Like, it was one of the first birthdays I'd ever seen. What was more impressive was the next day she was there. And I remember being early, early in sobriety, and I'm going, well, why would you go the next day? You just had a birthday. You can take a day off. <laughs> but she was there the next day and the next day. And I was like, oh, this is it. Just happened to be her birthday that day. This is what she does. And what a great example, you know. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of this uh this program for sure
0: so what what um you know i, I guess when you get there you know a lot of us are beat down i don't really think um humility is one of those things we're just thinking about you know what i mean like right were, were you, you ever think about humility when you got there i didn't
1: No, a lot of humiliation not. a lot of that <laughs> yeah, work yeah. but yeah. uh no no humility and Um, But like I said, I saw it in examples of people in the program all through the start of that journey, and I still do. And so it just that's just it's what's so beautiful about this thing, you know, and it can be anybody at any time. And those moments hit you and you go, oh, you know, uh, and and it's just great examples of, of how to, you know, a design for living that how we should live our life. And good reminders, you know.
0: And I think about humility. I think also about like praying. You know, I uh, and and this is not. First off, I, I get it. Some people can't. Some people don't. Some people just. Everybody does their own thing in the way they want to do it. But like when it comes to praying, I get down on my hands and knees. You know, just. Because I feel like that's the right thing to do, you know. I, and and again, don't, I'm not giving advice here. I'm just telling you what I do. But um, whenever I first got sober, I would pray in the bathtub. And uh, and that was that was I don't know. It was kind of weird, you know. I, for me, it was kind of weird. I, I've heard a lot of people that do it since then. But I would pray in the bathtub every day, and um, and then I would uh go dry off get up and go on about my day and as time has evolved I've, I've gotten to where I just feel like whenever I speak to my higher power that I need to be on my hands and knees you know understanding you know the true the true relationship where I am definitely not the higher power I'm you know the same like I'm. I'm just doing as if to make qualms I actually have to you know, I have to go through a process. Now, that is not humiliating, nor is it any. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, that's how I choose to do it. And you know, um, the older, uh, the older this guy, older we get, I guess it's harder to get up off your hands and knees. You know, or harder to get on them. Or hell, some people's knees have welded together by now. And you know, but then again, I have to look at it. I got to be that age. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. I'm lucky to be 50. You know, I'm lucky I made it to 50 years old, you know? So why not
1: humbly offer my prayers to a higher power? And here, here's, I'll take that one step further. I'm glad you said that about prayer. When I got in here, it was dear God, help me, me, yeah. Please yeah. me. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about my kids or anybody. <laughs> else. I am here, the center of attention and you, I'm all about you. God, just keep helping me. And, guy pointed out to me one day he goes hey man uh you know it's not all about you and uh that's one of the coolest things that has evolved for me is is a a a revolving prayer list i guess you would say and it gives me new stuff and new people to pray about it's just not about me and i'm very very blessed uh in every aspect of my life but um oh yeah it's so cool to like someone never knows that you're praying for them you know they're going through something And then, then you hear them go, Oh, it worked out. And you hear the thing and you just sit there and nobody ever knew you did it, but you're, but you really pray for that person. And I love doing that. It's just, for me, it's awesome. And, uh, rarely do I pray very much for myself other than, you know, making a decision, making sure I make a right decision that affects me or my family and you know, um, but, uh, yeah, that's a that's a cool thing that evolves out of prayer, and then you get to see, you know, that work and and, uh,
0: and the ability, you know, like you you were talking about praying for other people, and they never know it; they don't they don't have a clue. You know, there there are actually people at that club right now, and I don't uh, I pray for them. And, and for some reason, something may have happened over the past twelve years, and they said something, or I was worried about something, or whatever. And all of a sudden, they entered into my prayers, and and uh they're still there, you know. And just, just kind of
1: this, this was this was the, and I don't know why I popped off and said it. It was just spur of the moment. And I didn't think about it, but there was a guy in here a couple years ago really trying to get his head on straight and, and was just kind of out there and he was sober, but he was still very early on. And I walked in one day and he was coming a lot back then. And he said something and we were joking right before the meeting, I was walking by and he said, well, all I can say is just pray for me. And I turned around and I said, I did. I prayed for you this morning. And the look on his face was like, you did. And, and I don't know why I said it. I wasn't trying to, but I wanted him to know that, that, people do care you know and and uh but the look on his face was awesome and he was just like wait a minute what and uh, you know i hope he took that and and that he continued with that but uh yeah it is it's pretty nice and that's a really nice way of of uh getting to see god's results and and uh people never know you know they never know but yeah because uh how many people
0: pray for us we don't know about oh y'all ever thought about that like, how many people pray for you?
1: <laughs> I mean, I was, I've told this, I was on a prayer list <laughs> at a church one time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably I mean, still are. Somebody needs to treatment. update that uh, church. <laughs> you know, they, they probably still, uh, looking for me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no telling. And that's, that's the thing with this is like humility on one level, like working with that guy this weekend. Um, to go yes that's me i'm sitting over there in the other seat i'm i'm somebody's buying me food and i'm sick and and all these things and i'm so messed up in my head and spiritually um and it was never a thing of like looking down my nose you know what i mean it just wasn't i was just sitting there going thank you god thank you god like that is me sitting there um and I, I it, it's almost like God. I think He puts those things in our path, and and we try to maybe try to, some of us try to stay very involved in that kind of stuff because it mm-hmm. does. It's just very refreshing to go, ooh, I'm not far from that, you know?
2: But, yeah. I think, you know, a lot happened for me in, in step two and three when it came to humility, being that I didn't believe in anything and I didn't care to, I didn't want to. And, um, you know, finally coming to a point in my life where I wasn't working for me, what I was doing, what I was thinking, my behaviors, you know, just all of it. And that I finally had to stop and realize, like, something way bigger than you is, is orchestrating this whole thing. And you have no clue, Jill. You have no clue. And for me to step back out of my will out of Jill's will and to get into God's will is was the the, I think a huge turning point in in my recovery um, because I'd never known anything else than my will and it never led to anything that fantastic Um, yeah it just really didn't and and now that you know I have a higher power and I I mean I just I'm, I'm a believer now and I have faith and all those wonderful things that go along with it i live such a such a more peaceful life because i don't run the show and i don't i don't even i wouldn't even know how to if i had to like i get to sit back now and let my life happen and and just like be a a passenger and which which sounds really kind of sounds odd but it it's it's a beautiful experience to not Feel like I need to control everything And I need to make everything happen I just suit up and show up And whatever God has planned for me Is what happens And it's nice to know I have a lot of faith in that And it is it It is a A huge lesson in humility Because for once You know it's like Jill you don't know anything Yeah and I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely 100% okay because everything goes so much smoother.
1: I gave Must Be such a hard time, my counselor. And I, you know, this is arrogance, okay? I've been there like a week, uh, three days of that. I was sent over to the Brentwood of our area because I was hallucinating, you know? So I've basically been in rehab a grand total of like 48 hours. And I'm barging in her door and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'll give this a year. I'll do this for a year. She goes, "You haven't even done it barely a day. Like, let's just worry about finishing the day." You're committed to three hundred and I'm like, "I'm going to give more. it a year, but if this doesn't work out, you know what? A, what an idiot, you know." And uh, she would her 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 saying was always, "Let's review." That's what she would tell me. You did this, this, and this. This is where you were, and I go, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that." So, yeah,
0: well, I cool. used to I used to hate humility meetings, man. And um, I was a uh, I, I i just this for some reason this popped into my head but oh randy um he was uh i think he had about i don't know 15 16 years and um i was new and i couldn't stand i, I didn't like gratitude meetings i didn't like birthday meetings i didn't like humility meetings I mean, what really what else is there besides a daily reflection <laughs> meeting and that shit went over my head. Hell some of it still the, does. The business <laughs> like it's the business meeting. <laughs> At least I can talk math with you guys. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I didn't I didn't like those humility meetings and um you know, I was sitting there next to Randy and I was like, you know, I think I got a lot of humility, man. <laughs> i like, this, this, this loads that, of it. that whole speech is, <laughs> is kind of a farce, but I said, um, I said, I, I what is, you know, tell me what, what is this, you know, what is humility? What do you think it is? I, I'll tell you this guy, like he, he honed in on whatever part of recovery I was in. And he said, uh, do you remember whenever you, uh, couldn't stop drinking like when you didn't have a choice but every day you had to drink or you found a way to drink one way or another do you remember that and I said yeah and he goes what happened and I said well I asked God to remove the obsession and drink and he did you know he said so when's the last time you had that obsession like where you just had to drink man it's been a while it's been a long time like three months you know (laughs) (laughs) and he said well uh imagine how you would feel if you woke up in the morning and you had that feeling. What would you do? And I said, I'd get on my hands and knees and start praying to God that he'd take it away. And he said, that's humility.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what humility is. And I was like, oh, yeah. See, that's why they call that dude Yoda, man. Like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> it, you know, I, they, I got that little nickname down in South Louisiana, you know, just because of, you know, whatever, you know, I, maybe because I'm short and green, but... Um, and I have big ears, but, but Randy, like he, he just, he knew exactly what to say, when to say it. Cause you got this newcomer who don't have any knowledge of humility whatsoever, <laughs> probably not a humble bone in his body, you know, um, unless it's deep down in there it needs to be found. Mm-hmm. And he, he honed in on that and, and how he came up with that answer so fast, you know, obviously I've been sharing that answer for years. You know, whenever people say that to me, you know, this because, you know, because I want to be like Randy when I grow up. But don't we all? <laughs> but you see where I'm going with it. It's just yeah. that that feeling of absolute no control over the situation. You know, and then so I do the only thing I can do: reach out to a higher power to take care of it. You know, and that's 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 being able to say i don't know how to fix this problem is pretty tough you know it really is and and now i look back on it you know years down the line and some of those problems as big as they were weren't problems mm-hmm. does that make you know absolutely of some of the things that that really engaged our brains when we first got sober you know
2: it was I mean, everything was so huge but i probably was still in that uh, that old mindset catastrophizing and blowing things out of proportion and
0: not that there's anything wrong with that if you're in that phase of recovery you know
1: hey that's just part of it that's this a phase always falling you know <laughs> a, that
0: is a phase i know that when i got out of, i i think it was maybe you know right out of rehab straight into the rooms um wondering when is that shoe gonna drop when, when is it, you know, something, there's no way life can be this good. Yeah. You know, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know when that went away, but that lasted a long time. Like life is just, you know, life is life. You know, I guess it's, um, what, what for me anyway, it's just what I make it. It, it is, really is. Does that make sense? It like, really is. like life can be really bad if I let it
1: be really bad.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Life can be really good. If, if i let it be really good but no matter what it's always life yeah no, no it's ma- always life. No i just life. had this conversation with somebody and they texted me a bunch of problems and i went isn't life good yeah. we're alive we're kicking it, it and really i don't is. think they wanted to hear that but that's life
2: that's how you look at everything i mean i used to look at everything as just i let everything just destroy me and bring me down and but now i use all those i use things like that as motivation i'm like i didn't do that back then i just used it it was my crutch it was my i use it to my you know disadvantage Mm -hmm. not anymore
1: i'm going to add something on humility too about um you were talking about work and so this is something um i have a lot of guys that that run crews and they do stuff and i'm always like you are trying to find people that maybe can move up in a position or got a little bit where they would do better at moving along. And a lot of younger guys that are just getting started as adults in the work world. And, you know, you don't know where they're at. Um, And humility is pretty cool as a, as a manager of people because they'll come to you and some of them are very smart and real young and they'll go, Hey, can we do this this way? And, and I want to look and go, you've been doing this six weeks. I've been doing this 14 years, but I don't do that. And I go, well, let's try it. If it sounds reasonable, let's try it. And what happens is sometimes that stuff works and sometimes it doesn't work, but they – it builds a little bit for them to go, I went to this guy and he was like, okay, we'll try it. Instead of going, no, you're going to do it my way and and basically killing that train of thought that they have that I can make this better, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can see some of these guys develop and they go on. And, and it's because it's a backwards way of encouraging you know, and, and I have to go, is it going to be the end of the world if it fails? No, nah, we can fix it. So let him, let's try it. Let him learn a lesson. And 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 it, it's great, you know, so.
0: Humility is, is um, that, that, you know, kind of defines it in a general term is, you know, <clears throat> when I look, when I think about what you just said, you know, I've, we've all worked for that person who every idea we have was shot down. And it kind of makes you just want to give up.
1: Yeah, you, you know? don't care. You're just, like, oh, it doesn't matter. You
0: know, and then if, 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 if they view me as I viewed the folks before me, um, their, their opinion really does matter. You know, what they think really does matter. And if they think all my ideas are bad, maybe I'm bad. Maybe I'm not cut out for it. Maybe I'm not, you know. So let's take a look at it from another angle. Let's look at it as <laughs> my higher power. You know, my higher power never intervened. <laughs> you know, he probably put bumpers there to keep me alive, you know, but he never intervened and said, no, you can't do that. He said, I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do, man. Mm-hmm. This is just, you're going to live on your will? Have at it. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll be talking <laughs> on a podcast about how that worked out for you. <laughs> you <know>?
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> and the other side of that too is, uh, having been in that industry a long time, I do have certain things that I'm warning them. Don't do this. Let's don't do that. And they go, why, why are you telling me you don't know? And I go, because I did it. Here's what happened. And I tell them the story and they go, Oh yeah, that didn't work out good. And I'm like, I'm trying to save your rear end and mine, you know? And, uh, so when you can admit to them, Hey, I, I mean, it's great. You know, it just, it just makes a better, uh, environment for everybody, you know?
0: Well, you know, we got about I don't know fifteen, twenty minutes left, and I want to talk about humility in the rooms of AA. You know, like I um, and I, I don't have a gift. You know, I have a gift of sobriety, and it was given to me by a whole bunch of people, right? My higher power put a whole bunch of people in my life, and I came to depend on them for my my recovery. You know, in in the rooms of AA. <clears throat> I try never to forget what it's like to be that newcomer, you know. um, The questions that go through their mind, the things that they're thinking, you know, I would hate to think I'm important enough for someone to get up and walk out and never come back. I would hate to think that highly of myself. But the truth is, that that's a very strong possibility, right? And so, you know sometimes in the rooms of aa we find that we forget how long we've been we've been around you know matt you've been sober for five years dude that's like 60 months
1: There's a lot of people still don't believe that by the way
0: i believe in my life they're like hey. and, and jill's been sober for like 13. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so
0: that's 144 plus 12. that's 156 months right and i've been sober for a little over 144 months Um, that's a long time. That's a lot of months. (laughs) Matter of fact, I got, I was at, this lady was in my office the other day and she had her kid and, um, it was on my daughter's birthday and she was holding her baby and somebody walked in and they were like, oh, your baby's so cute. You know, she was one of my coworkers that came to see me off and, uh, they were like, how old is she? And she's like, oh, she's, you know, I don't know, 36 months or whatever (laughs) it was. And I said, it's just by chance today is my daughter's 288th month birthday. Oh, wow. (laughs) yeah i had to throw that one out there you know we still count in months because you know it seems a lot longer when you do that you know i've been sober for a and then when you get to days it sounds like not a whole lot you know
1: you know what's crazy is i don't give it that much thought like me personally i know a lot of people like i've got friends that have a counter on their phone yeah I and they can just okay mike does (laughs) i mean that's fine but like they can pull it up and go i've been sober this long and i just never have I don't give it that much thought, and people go, "How long have you been sober?" And I go, "Oh, I don't know."
0: Well, you got that humility
1: thing going on. I don't know if it's that <laughs> or dumbness one no. of the two. I just can't keep up with it. But
0: no, I um, and to be just just full disclosure, I keep score. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> Just so you know, I'm catching up with this one one day at a time.
2: That's yes, right. I lost us over here counting my hands. Mike, I don't,
1: Mike, I don't know March, if you know this, but Bay. if y'all continue, you're never going to catch her. I yeah. mean, it's kind of. I know.
0: know. I used to joke about that with Randy because I always wanted to catch up with Randy, but the only way to catch up with Randy is if he passes away or. Or you slip him some marijuana brownies <laughs> or something. <laughs> Too
1: bad. Make him start
0: over again. No, uh, I wouldn't do that to anybody. But, uh, but the humility in the rooms of AA, I think sometimes we forget. You know, that, that that the big book tells us at the bottom of page 15, top of page 16, that we meet frequently so the newcomers may find the fellowship that they seek. If you're mm-hmm. a newcomer out there and you're listening to this podcast, the guy talking in the podcast and his two guests or the, the two fellow co-hosts that are here today, we know. The reason why we have AA meetings and the reason why we have AA meetings is written in the big book on those pages at the very bottom of one and the top of the other. We meet frequently so that the newcomer may find the fellowship that he seeks. And it says he, okay, that's what the book says. He or she is, is the you know, proper nowadays or they, but that's why we meet is so that that newcomer will find them find a spot in, in AA and they need to feel welcome. It, just because I, I I'm not immune to alcohol, you right. know I am not. I'm just I'm not close to a drunk, but um, provided I don't do the things
1: that you could be doing. I told I told my guy yesterday. I said, you know what? I don't have a drinking problem anymore, but I can get one real
2: fast. Absolutely, <laughs> real, yeah. real
1: fast. So, yeah.
0: and I'm guys. I'm gonna tell you from 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 uh, experience. Some folks that have longer recovery than me. Decide that at some point they're going to take their will and their life back over. They lose that humility. Look at what I've done for the past X amount of time. And um, three DUIs in a month or worse, you know, death. I mean, there's... there's, I've just... You know, we lose that humility. I can see where human nature would cause us to lose it because life gets so good. You can't... That's one thing you can't tell to a newcomer. I mean yeah you have no idea how life how good your
1: life is gonna be i mean my whole thought forever was this is gonna suck yeah i thought that every day it did suck for a long time yeah but yeah
0: yeah i had to practice
1: humility at first <laughs> i mean i had to go out and purposely be humble <laughs>
0: that's like complete opposite of humility
1: but you know talking about newcomers coming in and humility number one the newcomer and this is how we all work together in here and it doesn't matter about the time you know um because that newcomer the humility of being in there number one and just going i'm sitting in a room with a bunch of strange people and i might have to say something i might not but i don't have any clue what i'm doing in here or know anything about this and then the person who has been in there a while sharing where they were with that newcomer and it's just sort of bounce and it lets the newcomer know that humility thing's okay you know it's it's okay and i think that's why people take to it when they truly come in there there's a fear of they don't understand me, you know, and then you start hearing people like Randy, who's the most nice looking guy ever. And then he goes, Oh, well, I did this and this. And you go, what? Like, and yeah.
2: And that's, that's why it's so important for me to really share the gritty, the ugly of early sobriety. And I, I always want to make sure that I do. Um, cause I've gotten so much feedback over the years from women. Like I don't, I mean, of course I share my experience. Um, You know, I mean, my, my, my strength and my hope as well, but I had a rough time and a rough go at things and I didn't think it would change. I didn't believe things would get better and.
1: And look at you now.
2: (laughs) Wow. Just look at me.
1: (laughs) Just look at you. Ain't that what Jill always says? (laughs) That's what Jill always says. Just look at you.
2: Just look at you. (laughs) But it's just, it's it's really important because they do look at us and they think, wow, that will never be me because that's exactly what I thought.
1: And we look at them and go, I hope to God that's never me.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, even at, I remember like someone leaving treatment at 90 days and I'd gotten the treatment and I remember just crying and I, mean, I cried for quite a while, but I just thought that will never be me. Mm. And for some reason, I and mean, somehow, I mean, I've I've looped together, you know, over thirteen years of sobriety, and and I was that person, and I didn't believe anybody, anything anybody said in the rooms, because I didn't, I didn't believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. You had to believe.
2: I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I had to be proved. You know, it I, it all had to be proved to me. Mm. I wasn't listening to what anybody had to say.
0: Man, I'm going to tell you, some of the prime examples of humility, you have a somebody that's been sober for, I don't know, 10, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, and for them to sit in a meeting and say, hey, I'm struggling today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, because no matter what that, I mean, it does matter what a newcomer thinks, and they all think differently, right? But I mean, I've been sober for a little bit, and um, to be quite honest with you, there, there are times, not days, I don't have full bad days, but there are times where I'm struggling. I pick up a phone, though, and I call somebody, and I say, hey, this is what's going on. Or or I'm blatantly honest with people, and whenever they hear me say it, they think I might be kidding, because, you know, as I said in, in my, my personal story earlier, that... um outside appearances aren't always the way it is, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, I, I, I have a little story where, you know, I was in new Orleans and, um, I'd been through, you know, I work for a high volume retailer and, um, and, and I'm the, I facilitate high volume, high volume retailers and, um, went through COVID, which was, you know, no one in the, in the world really had ever experienced, no one alive anyway had ever experienced anything like COVID, and then on top of that being in a massive retailer that needs to stay open in order to um so people can have, you know, goods, you know, food. And um I went through all of that and and through all of that COVID stuff, you know, and, and I had a you know, said one store I had a you know, up upward of 700 people working there. The other one was about four, four fifty. And um you go through all of that struggles. And even though I was doing my, my AA meetings every day and reading my big book like crazy, attending Zoom meetings when we didn't have live meetings and reading my big book for an hour a day, um, talking to other alcoholics, still had sponsees coming over to the house, even though we didn't know if we could or not, right? It was one of those, a real trying time. And then on top of that, had a hurricane blow through, um, cut out the power just you know a lot of things happened in a short period of time and um something was off you know there was something wrong and uh so i met with a a guy he has about the same amount of time you do jill maybe maybe a little bit more maybe six months more maybe not um but i met his name is mike and um and you know i don't know what it is about the name but it seems to go along with just extremely attractive people but,
1: um, that's what was what no. <laughs> that's that's why I said it.
0: That's why I said it. No, uh, he, he, I, I was very attracted <laughs> to his recovery, and um, I, I called him or told him one day, I said, Man, I need you to meet me up here tomorrow at this time, you know. And, um, uh, what's wrong? I, I just need to talk, you know. And, um, man, the next day I showed up, he was there, he was. He was a little worried he didn't know what i was going to tell him you know he was just he, he thought maybe i was upset with him or something which in hindsight i should have just talked to him right then because the last thing i want to do is make someone have anxiety over me but uh i told him i said man i'm just i'm not right you know i, I just need to talk to another alcoholic and tell you this is what's going on in, inside of me this is what's going on in my head and um it, after i talked to him for about an hour and a half he didn't solve my problems by the way he didn't have an answer he, he didn't you know he was probably more baffled when he left talking to me than he was when he got there but there's that one alcoholic talking to another that makes you understand even if you don't get answers to your problem which we don't expect to that drinking isn't an answer right, that, that going back to the sauce is just not a way to go. I wasn't thinking about it at all. Man, that's the last thing I want to do is go back to June twenty first, two 2011. Where I was on that day, I do not want to be there again. But to see it in advance and go, hey, I'm not the smartest person in the world. I need to reach out to another alcoholic right now, right? Um, I have to have enough humility to do that, to sit down with someone and say, this is what's going on with me, and I'm hurting, I I don't, I'm scared, I don't feel good, this is bad, this is not good, just the comfort of being able to talk to someone, you know, I don't even know if he said three words the whole time I talked, but I got to talk, and I got to hear him, I want, I want other, you know, I would like for people, other people to be able to do that with me, because, I don't expect anything out of anybody. I would much rather someone with 30 years sober say, Hey, man, I need to talk to you and pull me in a room and have a full blown conversation than be the guy that shows up at a meeting and they go, Hey, you hear old so and so went out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's been, I don't, you know, man, to hell with all that. You know, have enough humility to go to another person and say, This is what's going on with me. Somebody needs to know your version of the truth. Might not be the whole truth.
2: Yeah,
0: that makes sense too.
2: Absolutely, your perception. Yeah. Oh yeah. Your your your. Yeah. Per- <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, your perception of things.
1: Jill's chilling over there.
2: Hard like lady.
0: But somebody in and a lot of times, uh, I remember talking to a lady down there, and um, I was out. Of, I, I know exactly what I was talking about. I'm not going to say it, but um, but after I finished saying this little ceremonious pity pot conversations she said well is that the way it really was or is that just the way you feel Mm -hmm. and i you know i I remember it to this day because something clicked and it's just the way i feel it's probably not the way it was
2: yeah a little cognitive restructuring
0: yeah there we go matt i
1: told you that was i was gonna say that (laughs) (laughs) she, she took the words right out of my mouth yeah yeah, cognitive. Sounds kinky. I don't know. It <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds like something
0: bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you charge extra for that. <laughs> we got these saddles in here. Yeah. I don't know what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> what did you do with the whips? Yeah. do they're, you whip you the didn't horse? did see them? They're oh, right they're behind it. Right. Okay. Good lord. Yeah, yeah spurs are gone. You notice that. Yeah. We yeah.
2: weren't those kind of cowboys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Y'all oh, actually rode cows, not horses. <laughs> go <laughs> saddle up the cow. <laughs> no. Um you know, I hope I hope in in all of our listeners um you know, if if any of our this episode didn't go out, you know, whether you're new, you've been around a while, no matter what, you have an AA family. It's not probably not anything like your real family because they no. they they don't want to they don't want to uh see you struggle and they need to hear you talk. They need to hear you say what's on your mind. Say it. Ain't nobody gonna judge you, right? They may act like they do. They may give you advice. They may do all of those things.
1: But the
2: truth mm-hmm. is,
0: you got to get it out. So
2: I agree. AA, give it one's people, power. AA
1: people are really good listeners too. I don't know if you noticed that in the outside world, people are not good listeners. AA people are good listeners. They know. I think it's just a thing of when to sit down and let somebody. Yeah.
2: You know, it's low. awesome because of AA. I have about thirty women. I'm gonna talk about women that I can call. Yeah. Any sec, I mean, on my phone, mm-hmm. and do that with. Yeah. Uh, I just that's.
0: And I could probably probably you know I don't probably know. probably more yeah I would imagine I can't I could probably count thirty for you that I mean i and me and Jill known each other what ten months, eleven months and I could probably count thirty women that you could pick up the phone and call right and yeah. Matt I know you got probably a hundred women that you could pick well, up. the just women, yeah.
1: <laughs> It's all the same person, but yeah, put gonna, different names, put different personalities, like a lot of women. You know.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that about wraps up this episode on humility. I think we're going to uh, dive off into step six on the next one. Okay. Um, be releasing this here in just a few minutes. And I'm um, going to have a bonus episode out uh, tomorrow um maybe maybe tuesday before that one hits the airwaves got a little bit of editing to do on that one but um it's it's me telling my story um a congratulations again to larry and judy our friends that got married over the weekend in florida um a shout out to miss faye and to michelle hey guys to jane and to kim and to Rhonda and amy c and lacombe hope she made it back from her trip safely um, if she's back, I don't know, but I know she was on a trip, um, a real trip, <laughs> not, a, not a mental trip. <laughs> not an LSD trip. No, she was, okay, she was gotcha, on an actual gotcha. trip. I uh, saw some posts on um, IG, and um so happy to um, have all of our listeners out there. I'm going to remind everyone once again that um, our email address is G and B gandbosier, B-O-S-S-I-E-R, at gmail.com. That's gmbosier at gmail.com. The cell phone number you can call and leave a voicemail on and we will play it on the air is area code 985-377-4816. Love to hear from everyone out there and um, we would love to play your stuff on the on the uh, air and we would really like to hear from some of our people in other countries, some of these other countries that listen in, hey, send us an email. I don't know how long distance works nowadays or if it even still a thing. You know, when I was a kid, you called the guy in the next county. It costed a fortune. Got to get a phone card. Yeah, get a phone card or, you know, when we had to add money to people's books and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But um, some of the folks in other countries, drop me an email. Would love to read them. If uh, I'll, I'll figure out a way to translate it if I don't speak your language. That's okay. Uh, we all speak the language of AA. And I'm sure our listeners would love to hear from you. Um, So, Jill, you got anything to add?
2: I don't believe I do.
1: Matt? Yeah, we appreciate everybody that is listening. And I don't always get to listen to these episodes right when they come out. And I know that we do them when we have people on here, uh, bonus, and, and have people on for episodes. But I've listened to them in bits and pieces, and I really enjoy you guys' help us as well and i know oh, yeah. mike and jill listen to them too and there's a lot of things on there that i don't necessarily catch in the heat of the moment but down the road i play back and go oh wow that was really good so well i just really appreciate everybody that's listening and, and doing their thing so all right well, thank you matt all right
0: guys from rule 62 studios in Boger city louisiana this has been the grouch and the brainstorm